Brighton's finest. Juice 107.2. Is this your first um, first tour of the UK? First proper tour? Uh, first proper tour, basically, because last time I was over here, or two times ago, I was supporting someone, like I was opening for someone, and then this summer I went for kind of like a really small press trip. Yeah. And then this is like my first ever solo show over here, so yeah. Okay, so it's all all new and exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and Europe, will that, will that be your first time in Europe as well? No, because, well, I mean, yeah, same thing, where it's, it's the first time where I'm playing my own shows or, you know, kind of on my own terms. I didn't have a record out before. Last time I was here, I was, I yeah. was supporting someone. So uh, are you playing on your own? Is it a solo tour? Um, No, I have my best friend, Harrison, with me, who, who plays guitar and lap steel. Okay. Um, but essentially, because yeah. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's very stripped down. I know you're coming to Brighton in a few days' time. Have you ever yeah. been, have you ever been to Brighton before? No, never. Never. Okay. Well, it's a it's a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Excellent. So, uh, Strange in the Alps is uh, is the album that uh, you just released a few weeks ago, um, and it's a really great album. Really enjoying it. And I think Thanks. it's been getting a lot of great reviews across the board, hasn't it? And um, uh, this is your first album, so. Is it is it something that's well? I mean, how, how does it feel at the moment? Because obviously things have kind of t- taken off quite a lot. You there seems to be a lot of interest in you. You're obviously doing a lot of phone interviews and stuff. Is it uh, is it been good or is it kind of something that you're just kind of g- getting into grips with? Um, I feel like I I had been touring before on nothing. You know, basically like the very like three songs that I had on the internet. Um before releasing this album so this feels awesome because I actually have I have something to show everyone but it but it basically it just feels like more of the same but it's cooler because the ball's kind of in my court now um, so just to give people a little bit of a potted history for those who don't know you you're, you're from America from Los Angeles um, yes. you released a seven inch on Ryan Adams label uh, last year I think it was just last year 2015, yeah. 2015, okay. And I think that's the only... Is that the only release you've had? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only release you had before the album. Okay. So uh, how did... I mean, obviously, for those who... uh, How did you hook up with Ryan Adams? Because I understand that uh, he kind of found you, as it were, and uh, invited you to a studio to to make some music, basically. Is that basically how it happened? Yeah, um, basically just through, through mutual friends, through word of mouth. Yeah. I, d- I definitely listened to his records before, so uh, it was different than being at just like any producer's yeah. studio. It was yeah, it's cool recording with other songwriters. Okay, and what about um, Connor Oberst? How did you um, hook up with him? Because I, I think he was he was a, he was an early fan of yours as well. Well, he's he's been like one of my heroes. I feel like for my whole life, and. Uh, so, and I feel like everybody knows that. And there was this promoter in LA who texted me very dramatically, like, do you want to open a Connor Over secret show, you know, uh, last summer? And I was like, are you kidding me? Of course I do. And we met there. And then I ended up um, through a different avenue. I ended up mixing my album in Omaha with Mike Mogus, who was in Bright Eyes with Connor. And uh, we all ended up hanging out in Omaha. And then he 
and then yeah, we we kind of had like this email back and forth about each other's albums and before he'd released Ruminations and um, and yeah, that's how it started. So uh, so this album then, how how did it come? You're obviously uh, signed with Dead Oceans, the the label Dead Oceans. How how, yeah. did, how did that come about? So I decided to record my record before signing a deal, um, just because I wanted to record on my own terms. I didn't even. The only thing that I'd recorded before was the Ryan 7-inch, which was essentially just demos, because it's just me and a guitar. Yeah. Um, and then, so I had kind of had no idea what it was going to sound like, so any offers that I'd gotten from labels or any interest was based in, in you know, kind of a twangy demo. Um, so I decided to record my record and see who liked it at the end, and uh, and that's how I met Dead Oceans. They heard about it and were the most excited about it okay did you have to um did you re-record the album then once once you'd signed a deal no 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 they basically bought it from me yeah okay because it's quite a kind of a full sound isn't it there's a lot of there's a there's a fairly full production sound on there yeah well they the producers tony and ethan kind of had like a lot of faith in me just recording you know, they spent so much time on it and so much energy. So many musicians went unpaid until I got signed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was just really cool to be surrounded by people who thought that, I, you know, that someone would want it. <laughs> okay. Brilliant stuff. Um, if I can, if I can talk talk to you about um, a couple of tracks, if you don't mind, specific tracks yeah. on the album. I know that uh, a lot of your, your lyrics are very personal. Uh, you don't tend to talk about the third person very much. But um, so with the track Funeral, which obviously is very stark and very kind of, you know, it's uh, when, you, when you hear it, it's, it's, it's like, whoa, because uh, it's uh, initially it's about um, you being asked to sing at a, a friend's funeral, somebody uh, who's very young, about your age as well, I think. Um, but then it sort of veers off into, into other territory. Can you, can you talk about that one? Actually, it was a, it was a stranger I didn't know the kid. Okay, they, right. His parents just asked me to sing. So it was very surreal, you know, basically being brought into someone's, like, the timeline of their life after they died. Uh, and it and it just kind of, it's the song's about basically putting my own depression in perspective, which I actually don't think is fair. It's something that I would only ever do to myself. I think that depression is super valid no matter what's going on around you, yeah. or no matter how spoiled you feel, but um, it's just, it's kind of a depiction of the way that we tend to talk to ourselves when we're depressed. Uh, and uh, what about Scott Street? Can you t talk us through that one? Yeah, I wrote it with um, my ex-boyfriend, <laughs> and we kind of just like, you know, when we were still together, and which, which is very strange. Um, <laughs> but it was kind of about both of us about but mostly about um this one street where that he used to live in la that you know it's just so unobtrusive it's like the least exciting street ever there's like one drugstore on it but mostly houses and it goes it's right by the freeway yeah um but it's about it's about you know uh, the kind of i know it's very specific but it to me it's about like the very universal feeling of um of of 
of seeing someone that you used to feel a lot for, there used to be a lot of context for, you know, way later when there's almost none of that left and you're just kind of exploring your relationship with a kind of curiosity, like a surgical curiosity instead of um, real emotions. Okay. Um, and, and Chelsea, which I which I've read somewhere that it's kind of related to Nancy and Sid, uh, of course, Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, who were in the Chelsea Hotel, and I don't know the exact story on that one, but is that is it to do with them, or is it to do with, with something else? Well, it's, that's actually probably the only song that isn't autobiographical, and it's, it's not autobiographical at all. It's pretty much only about that story. Yeah. I saw um, a picture of Sid Vicious in Rolling Stone, like with covered in blood and it just got me thinking about how romanticized he is and about Nancy Spungen's mental health and how they're put on this weird pillar of or they're this weird pedestal of um, basically they're super romanticized hmm. which I think is you know he stabbed his girlfriend to death yeah I just think you I think you are disqualified for being cool sure forever <laughs> yes when you do that so it's kind of about that yeah and um smoke signals the the, the lead track I, l- I love the way that uh, within that song there's there's interspersed little references to um, musicians and uh, songs <laughs> but there's a, there's a bigger story behind that isn't there yeah i mean i think to me it's just a really it's like a post-apocalyptic love song to me yeah um it's it's about you know, loving someone when it feels like the whole universe is kind of crashing or has crashed around you. Great. Well, uh, um, uh, thanks for thanks for talking about the songs because I know a lot of um, a lot of musicians don't really like talking about the the music much or, or the, certainly the lyrical content. But you don't seem to have you don't seem to have much of a, pro- a problem with that. Is that is that fair to no, say? No, it's it's um it's confusing to me when people don't want to talk about their songs, especially. Uh, songs that are as personal as mine it's like they're kind of laying it out on the table anyway yeah um which has been my only issue with answering questions before is that you know there there isn't a lot to ask because i i'm very literal yeah um (laughs) but but yeah i i think uh i think it's weird when people don't want to talk about something that they literally showed everyone sure yeah, I think a lot, a lot of people like to sort of say, well, this is open to interpretation. You decide what, what it's about rather than me telling you. Sure, but and, and I still think, I still hold that to be true, but I also think it's interesting to hear different people's perspective, including yeah. it. Okay, so, so with regards to the title, I can't for the life of me work out what the title refers to. I don't. <laughs> there's no lyric on there. The Alps is, of course, a place that I... Uh, have you ever been to the Alps? No, never. Never. So uh, <laughs> I encourage you. I encourage you to Google it because I, I assure you, you're giving me t- entirely too much credit. Okay. Um, <laughs> for coming up with something because it's pretty ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> was that? Did you like the fact that it was a bit ridiculous? Didn't really have any meaning relating to the album in general. Yeah, I did because um, all the other titles I came up with were pretty self-serious, and yeah, I don't. My music is serious, but I don't feel like a very serious person. Um, so, okay. 
So yeah. And and the album, the actual image on the cover as well is that related? Is that just a random image, or uh, where, where, where did that come from? <laughs> so I'm I I kind of fell in love with this artist Angela Bean, um, who takes found photos and and paints over them. Yeah. Um, and I basically I I as soon as I thought of it, I was like, oh yeah, that that'll be great. Um, and I sent her a ton of old childhood photos of myself and we chose that one so that's basically you but there's been painted over like a, a sheet a ghost sheet with two black holes for your yeah, eyes and yeah and actually in the cd packaging um when you open it it's like the actual photo and it's right smiling okay as a little kid <laughs> bryson's finest juice 